Welcome to Godseeker. This is Elizabeth Fulgaro. The current message, more than skin deep. What does Jesus look like? The Jewish people to this day are reticent to try to create any image of God, as he is beyond all that we could artistically muster up. It was the early Christian communities who began to draw and paint and sculpt and eventually create stained glass windows, not to imply in any way that these human-crafted items were to be revered as gods like the idols made by other cultures, but as teaching tools. Visible representations of the elements and people in the Bible stories they were telling. In large part, how the stories of God and his relationship and desires for all of us have always been passed down through stories. It's part of how God created it to be. So especially in the centuries before most people could read and before there was a printing press which enables almost everyone to have books, storytelling was it. Not surprisingly, the images artists created to go along with the stories almost exclusively depicted the people in the biblical stories, like the people they were accustomed to looking at, like themselves. So no artist has actually depicted Jesus accurately. None. So, what did Jesus look like? The way literature was written in the first century the types of recording history in the days around and directly following Jesus, did not include detailed descriptions of people's appearance. Arguably, then, since God knew that the human minds and hands through whom he would ordain his story to be written would not include this, that the detailed appearance of Jesus was not important to God, that this was not information he felt was priority for us to know. Of course, based on logical constructs, there are some conclusions we could draw. It is almost certain that Jesus was brown-skinned in his temporal human appearance. It was almost certain he had dark brown eyes and deep brown to black-colored hair based on the population into which he was born. Now, please do not take any part of this message as racially motivated or oriented. It is not. We are simply considering the question. What did Jesus look like, and what aspects of his appearance might matter? Born Jewish, Jesus indubitably also came for all and to represent all. Though born of a Jewish mother, his father was, well, his father, Father God, whose power was executed through the Holy Spirit. So what did he look like? What do we know? Where is the focus of the writers of the Bible regarding the appearance of Jesus? Perhaps we start with the most obvious. We know he bled. He bled the same color as all of us, for God made all human beings from the same stock, and our blood and all our inner parts underneath appear exactly the same. The hints to Jesus are found in some biblical locations as well. A few include Isaiah 52, which shared centuries in advance how Jesus would look at his crucifixion. Let's look at verse 14. So his appearance was marred more than any man, and his form marred more than the sons of men. And Isaiah chapter 53 verse 2 states, 
For he, the servant of God, grew up before him like a tender shoot, a plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He has no stately form or majestic splendor that we would look at him, nor handsome appearance that we would be attracted to him. The New Testament includes descriptions by gospel writers one day when his appearance was suddenly transformed before their eyes as he received the appearance of his heavenly body instead of his earthly one while having a conversation with Moses and Elijah, who appeared in this glorified way alongside him hundreds of years after their own deaths. This event, witnessed according to God's perfect plan by only a few of the apostles, served as an example of what it would mean for there to be life after death. Mark, Luke, and Matthew describe this significant event in their Gospels. In one translation, Matthew describes it as, Jesus' presence changed and his face shone bright and clear like the sun, and his clothing became white as light. Mark describes it this way in chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. He transfigured before them and became resplendent with divine brightness. His garments became glistening and intensely white beyond how a launderer on earth could cause it to be. Luke described the event in this fashion. As Jesus was praying, the appearance of his countenance became altered and his raiment became dazzling white, flashing with the brilliance of lightning. Moses and Elijah appeared with him and were conversing with him. They appeared in splendor and majesty and brightness as well. The next time Jesus is described beyond how he is tortured and crucified is when he appears to his disciples after he has risen. The door was closed in the room where they were, but suddenly Jesus was with them. And to prove he was alive again and not some ghost, he showed them the holes in his hands, feet, and side and ate with him. The next picture of Jesus is given by St. John in the book of Revelation where he writes of a visitation the Holy Spirit gave him to heaven long after Jesus' death, when he was imprisoned for his faith on a little island off the west coast of Turkey, about 13 square miles in size, called Patmos. There, Jesus has a voice like a war trumpet and looks at one point like an enthroned lamb who has been slain, or one clothed with a robe which reaches his feet and has a gold girdle about his breast. His head and hair are white as snow, and his eyes flash like flames of fire. So here we are in God's Word, which God developed for us to deliver to us what He thinks we need to know about Him. And most of the descriptors we might be most curious about are missing. God's most essential for us to know about Jesus isn't what He looked like, but who He was and as a unit, what he is asking for us to do. First, inviting us incessantly and unceasingly to join him, and then demonstrating through his life, death, and resurrection what life as a servant of his kingdom looks like. Remember, his is that overriding spiritual kingdom which can and does exist simultaneously in any other culture. And within that culture grows like a large bush or a tree, which provides shade, shelter, and food through its fruit to those around it. It provides a place of safety away from predators and up in its branches, 
It provides seeds which propagate its way of being where it is, and more broadly wherever the seeds spread for years to come. This is what God's talking about when Jesus speaks about the mustard seed, which is a tiny little thing, but that which grows from it is substantial, and for substantial effect. And that is how the kingdom of God here and now will work for us and through us. That's what God wants. It's his plan. It's what Jesus came to demonstrate by his life. How this will work and how we are to do it, or rather how God wants to work through us. Because this is what Jesus looks like. It's his way of living as demonstrated and as he now longs to work through us by his Spirit. Oh, we are never Jesus. We don't become God or even close, which keeps us humble. But in his plan, we are what Jesus looks like when we choose to seek to listen to Holy Spirit and obey. This is what the Gospel writers describe most, not Jesus' exterior appearance, but how he was. We will all have different looks. But these exterior looks are all aspects of the image of God, and they are all equally relevant and of value. But most essential is how we are. Jesus was God-connected at all times. This is enabled for us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus loved God and loved every person equally as an outpouring of the ardent love of God through him to them. We will never love as perfectly as Jesus, but Spirit can and will help us. This is why we need to stay humble, aware of our imperfections, acknowledging this so we can apologize for harm we cause, even when we don't mean it. We apologize to God and to each other, and this need to apologize will be ongoing. Yet the life and words of Jesus clearly demonstrate our lives cannot fake it. Either we believe in him, acknowledge his kingship, and seek to follow, to do his bidding, or we are not really with him at all. Jesus describes himself as the way, the direction of living which represents God's. If we are going our own way, we are not going his. And life according to Jesus' model looks like something. There is a specific culture, a way of life for members of his kingdom. It looks like something, remember never perfectly, but oriented in this direction with intent. For me, one of the most telling sections of scripture in this regard is something both St. Matthew and St. Luke wrote about. Here is how St. Matthew described it. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and majesty, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him for judgment, and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates his sheep from his goats. And he will put the sheep on his right, the place of honor, and the goats on his left, the place of rejection. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you blessed of my father, you favorite of God, 
appointed to eternal salvation. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison, and you came to me ignoring personal danger. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Leave me, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels, the demons. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me with help and ministering care. Then they also in their turn will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or as a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and didn't minister to you? Then he will reply to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did not do it for one of the least of these, my followers, you did not do it for me. Then these unbelieving people will go away into eternal unending punishment, but those who are righteous and are in right standing with God will go by his remarkable grace into eternal unending life. This is what Jesus looks like. To love Father and pay attention to him, make him your focus in such a way that by listening to the inner voice of his spirit, a skill which is both a gift from God and consciously, effortfully cultivated, you are able to love the ones next to you with his love and thus fulfill the will and purpose of God and the meaning of your life. Wherever you are and whatever you are doing, you are becoming to look more like Jesus, to be the view of Jesus in this world, the view God wants others to see. It is what Jesus looks like for their consolation, comfort, healing, equipping, and activation into their own vital role for him. Remember, it is together, each doing our part, that we are his living body to have his kingdom culture effect on earth till heaven. Thank you for joining in. Godseeker messages are sponsored by Equals Nest Foundation. This is Elizabeth Fulgaro. Listen to the song, Whatever. Every day, every moment is God's, and he has a plan for you for each. Come to rest in it. Rejoice in it. Remember, I am praying for you, and keep seeking God.